welcome to the Live Healthy with Laura podcast, where being healthy no longer has to be so hard and dieting and restricting and stressing every day. Yeah, those are things of the past. Allow me to help you dive into freedom and apply simple, practical strategies to your life that will help you become the happy, healthy, and vibrant person you have always dreamed of being. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Live Healthy with Laura podcast. Today, I am so excited to be here with my friend and client, Julia Melton. We are talking all about um, health, not health and wellness. It is health and wellness, mental health. We are doing a deep dive. I know you guys have heard my story, but today, um, Julia and I have titled this episode, You Are Not Your Diagnosis, because my beautiful friend that's sitting here with me, she is an overcomer. When you guys hear her story, you will get chills. She has overcome more than most people I know, honestly. And behind the scenes, she's battled something silently that she's willing to share with you all today. So Julia is a wife um, and she's a mom of a miracle little boy who was born, I think at 28 weeks. Is that right? Yeah, she's a friend, as like I said, she's a client, and um, she has a passion for dancing and health and wellness. And yeah, so I'm going to turn the table over to you, uh, Julia. First and foremost, what what in your heart called you to be here today to share your story? Something so vulnerable, something so raw. So I think when it comes to uh, mental health, there is such a stigma about the way we approach this topic. Uh It's so easy to be there um, after the fact when we hear someone say, you know, I battled depression or Uh I had a suicide attempt. It's always like, well, you could have come to me and we can talk about those topics. But when someone experiences the flip side of the coin, say they have psychosis or schizophrenia or mania, um, or they're schizoaffective, those terms seem to really terrify people and Um, they put you at an arm's reach from other individuals. So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to come on and kind of take the fear away from those topics. The stigma, the stigma. Yeah. And, and kind of put a, put a person with that so that you can kind of, you know, maybe there's someone out there who's, who's going through that, or they don't really know what to call the Mm. symptoms they're having. And, they can identify with that and they feel alone. I want them to know that they're not alone and that there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, that, yeah. So absolutely. And I think you and I have talked about this full steam that we, we dive deep together. Just like, you're allowed to say you're anxious. You're allowed to say you're depressed. You're allowed to say you maybe have suicidal thoughts, but when it comes to maybe a diagnosis like yours, which I'll let you share in a second, it's very much like taboo. Like nobody wants to talk about it and people actually shy away from it. And people, I believe, then paint a picture of the person that has this diagnosis as what they're going to act like or be like or look like. And I don't think it's fair because you, knowing you, you're such an amazing light and an amazing human and so high functioning. And I just- I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your story. So um, would you tell everybody what is your official diagnosis in the mental health realm? Yes. So I was diagnosed in uh, 2005 with um, bipolar um, 
unspecified bipolar illness. Mm -hmm. So there are different categories of bipolar illness and um, it's a psychiatric disorder characterized by both manic episodes and uh, depressive episodes. So manic episodes are usually associated with high energy, lots of excitement, euphoric Mm -hmm. states over sustained periods of time and depressive episodes would be the counter to that, which is a deep sadness and um, your loss of interest in normal activities. And those can rapid cycle. They can like kind of teeter a seesaw very quickly, or Mm -hmm. you can be in one or another state for a sustained period, or you can just have um, bipolar where you typically go manic, which is the latter. Gotcha. So lots of highs, lots of lows. Um, and you typically to stay high when you're not medicated and you you're in the euphoric state, um, take us, take us back, you know, as far back as you can, um, and talk to us about your journey and when it all began. Um, what, how, how young were you? What was it like? So um, looking back over the correspondence of my life, we can kind of pinpoint when this started just um, based off of, you know, different episodes. And uh, if we look back at 15 years of age, we can see the first time I experienced um, mania. I was going very long periods, not sleeping, about a three-week period of not sleeping, not eating, extreme euphoria, very fragile emotions, um, mm-hmm. illogical thoughts, thoughts of grandeur, which if you're not familiar, that's uh, thinking that you're the key player in some um, catalytic world event. Like you're meant to make a difference and change the world. Not super, just superheroes. Not, not just that, but more more like a like a Christ-like identity. Gotcha. Um, and then um, very hyper spiritual experiences and thoughts of paranoia. So that, that happened when I was uh, 15. Okay. And then you said, I think we talked the other day about 17, you had another episode as well, correct? Well, at 17, I was put on a medication called Accutane. And at the time that was a a medication used to address acne. Mm -hmm. It um, is a very, uh, I think the medication now comes with a black box warning. I took it too. I know. And I'm like, why did I take, why did I take that? (laughs) Why did my parents, they didn't know. So at 17, I was put on Accutane and I actually had symptoms um, a year and a half later when I was coming off Accutane of depression Mm -hmm. and suicidal um, ideologies. I'm looking back that may or may not have been linked to the Accutane or my bipolar. I will make a disclaimer. I um, have bipolar illness and probably always would have triggered it. The medication may or may not have added to that. It does have a black box warning that it can cause suicidal ideation and um, psychosis. Uh But um, between the ages of 18 and 20, I started to experience what is hypomania. So there are Uh two types of mania, hypo and hyper. And uh, hypomania is categorized as a decreased need for sleep. You're extremely outgoing. You're very competitive and you have a great deal of energy. I am... I think I functioned uh, mainly in this state most of my life. I was able to- Just to clarify, did you say more sleep? You need more sleep or you don't? No, you need less sleep. Oh, less sleep. Okay, gotcha. uh, I graduated college in two and a half years at 20 years old in this state. (laughs) That's incredible. 
a lot of people who are functioning manics, like your artists, I think they say that, um, oh gosh, Jim Morrison, the guitar player, and right, right. a lot of actors, Kanye um, West, Kanye mm-hmm. West. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of past presidents, Bill Clinton, maybe, Mm-hmm. Um, any successful peer, uh, people probably function in hypomania. Mm-hmm. So um, during that time, I entered into a relationship with a young man and it started off um, a little, little emotionally abusive, mm-hmm. um, theatrically abusive, um, you know, your typical back and forth. And um, during that relationship, I uh, had gotten pregnant at a very young age and yeah. felt very pressured to have an abortion, which I, which I did, which I do mm-hmm. not support. Um, just making right. that decision. I don't support abortion, but I did make that, um, hard decision at the age of, of 20 years old. And, um, yeah. that probably added to the trauma and uh, absolutely and being in the hypomanic, um, state, yeah. um, ended up graduating college at 20 and moved out to Los Angeles following this gentleman. Mm. Um, so abusive relationship. I started searching for God. Um, yeah. I was pursuing health in a very extreme fashion. I was fasting. Mm. Uh, there was a very trendy thing called the master cleanse during that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you drink, um, oh gosh, basically Cayenne pepper, pepper and maple syrup for 10 days and you eat nothing but water and maple syrup. Mm. I don't recommend it. Um, (laughs) Laura probably does not either. I very much does not. That that puts you in a severe hypoglycemic state. Right. So it was very susceptible. Um, So that all of that led to my first psychotic break. I, um, you know, experience very much hypermania, which is the flip side of hypomania, where you're getting climbing into psychosis and paranoia at the age mm-hmm. of 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I um, was in the abusive relationship, which was escalating and probably not helpful that I was very manic and the relationship was already abusive. So you couple wow, yeah. and just added to the adrenaline rush, right? Fire for for the poor gentleman involved and myself. And yeah. I, am, by the grace of God and the help of some very kind people and my parents getting back to Virginia mm. and at um, October was hospitalized at a mental yeah. hospital for three days. Can you, can you tell us what that was like? What was the hospital like for you? I'm well, sure that was really time, The first time I was blacked out, they sedated me for three days. I woke up in the hospital, went wow. home less than a week on medications with a diagnosis mm-hmm. of, I think the first diagnosis I had was bipolar and ADHD. Mm-hmm. So they sent me home on a medication I had abused in um, college on Adderall, which was the, the mm-hmm. party, the party medication, everybody. right? which hypes you up college. and that's the opposite of what Actually, you want. <laughs> Adderall very much calms me down, but because oh, I it? used it in college, it, um, it, it was something that if you go off of it, when you're right, you have that neurotransmitter imbalance, sound effect. Oh, yeah. So going off of a stimulant mm-hmm. suddenly can cause you to fly into mania. So I started mm-hmm. using the Adderall and the medication they put me on. And because of the abusive, when you're in an abusive relationship, they call it like Stockholm syndrome. You're in love with your abuser. I flew back to Los Angeles 
to pursue that relationship. Mm. And that kind of put me into a depressive state. And I came back home on my own doing in February, went off all medication and climbed back into a very, very extreme psychosis by April and May of 2006. So that escalated and accumulated with high-speed car chase at the age of 21. Okay. And I know, (laughs) and for anybody that doesn't know, can I talk about your book for a second? Yes. Julia has felt called to write a book because you're going to keep, if you haven't been, um, if you've not been captivated yet by her story, like just keep listening. But when I talk about her being an overcomer, she really is. And she's writing a book. And I think you said the first chapter is titled the high, high speed car chase, because this is kind of the peak for you, right? Where you pivoted and realized, okay, enough is enough. So tell us about that high speed car chase. So at the age of 21, I am having extreme psychosis. I, yeah, so I'm living in Virginia with my parents and I am planning to drive. I had, I bought a Corvette. I had spent over $13,000 in less than five days. So lots of spending. That's another side effect. We'll say but, um, I was a very generous spender. My parents will tell you <laughs> I had bought gifts and were giving them to everybody. I bought jewelry for my family. Aww. I had bought myself a Corvette. And I was packed up and ready to move back to Los Angeles to be back with my abuser and pursue the life I was living in Los Angeles. And um, I had gotten into some confrontations with some people during that time, because when you're in a manic state, you're very euphoric until you're not. And uh, I wasn't aggressive or violent, but um, in my perverted version of reality, when I got into conflict and felt threatened, it was a very um, paranoid threat. Mm. So I felt unsafe. And I s- explained that to a person I had met and like, this is so ridiculous. It sounds <laughs> cool. Someone had told me about what a citizen arrest was. And I thought, okay, well, this person who threatened me, I'm going to go do a citizen arrest. And if you know anything <laughs> about a citizen arrest, you go to a magistrate's office. You don't you, go arrest them yourself. <laughs> you don't right. go arrest them. You're absolutely not. But I didn't know that. At, I, I didn't know God, that God bless you. Anymore. You had a rough, you're like, I'm add that to psychosis and <laughs> paranoia. Yeah. So I drive my Corvette down Lafayette Boulevard. If you know anything about Fredericksburg, there used to be a magistrate's office on Lafayette uh-huh. Boulevard. I flashed my lights by the police office, by the, all the police officers sitting outside thinking, okay, they'll follow me. We'll go to this woman's house and we'll arrest her together. Like here I am James Bond or something. And they start following me and then I escalate my speed and they're, and I don't know what they're thinking, but I'm thinking they're following me. They're helping me. And I probably peaking at a hundred and something miles per hour down uh-huh. Lafayette. Only by the by grace the of God, you're, you're still here. Yeah. I didn't get killed. And, and then all of a sudden I snap out of my psychosis and realize, wait a minute, they're chasing me uh. Pull over near a church parking lot, a little further down. And, um, yeah, they pull me out of the car. They take me to the magistrate. I explain my story and end up in Snowden for 30 days in a state hospital for 40 days. And then back home on medications, heavily sedated and depressed for months. And then that cycle continues for years till enough is enough in a 
2012 and I spend four months in a psychiatric hospital over Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, almost to my birthday. And then seven handcuffed at certain points, very traumatizing. Seven months in bed, depressed, 80 pound weight gain. I'm uh, 27 years old at that point. And I'm like, this is enough. I've lost so much of my life to this illness. And I just say, I cannot continue life like this. So I, mm. I that, that was my breaking point at 27. Wait, you hit rock bottom at that point And you said I hit rock bottom multiple times, but I think at that point, I just mm. realized I, I'm not going to have a life if I don't figure out how to, I, I, I think before then I was diagnosed, but I didn't, ex- I didn't know I had an illness until 2012. So I was diagnosed at, in 2006, well, yeah, 2006, uh-huh. but it took really 2012 to 2013 till I really said, okay, I need to change something and- else. Yeah. And you know, it's like crazy to me how much you've been through because looking at you, you would never know this. And I just want to speak to the audience for a second. This is number one, nobody, Julia, nobody that has this illness asked for it in the same way nobody asked for cancer. So we need to hold a space, a loving space for those that have been diagnosed with this, because again, it's not something they would have ever wanted. But Julia is such a beautiful example because, and we're going to break it down, but the lifestyle she lives and leads today is has impacted her healing. And she lives such an incredible life. So I think Julia and I were talking about the main point of this episode is to bring awareness because somebody in your life, whether you have a mental illness or somebody in your life has one, statistically somebody you know or you see today has a mental illness. And so- we have to stop sweeping it under the rug. But Julia wants to bring hope today um, because she is incredible and she has made beautiful changes, healthy changes in her life, which I would love for you to embark on. So what about your life now, health-wise, have you, number one, changed and focused on that you really believe have holistically impacted? We know medication is something you you know for the rest of your life. You have... you will comply and you will be on it. But wouldn't, you know, you, you and I talk about this. There's a big part of your life that is so um, health focused that you believe has changed. So I, you know, your story. So can you, can you embark on that? Yeah. So um, about, okay. So 2015, I um, had been med compliant for two years. My weight had skyrocketed and I was you know, I had, God, I had been vegan. I had been raw food. I have done the omnivore diet. I have done every extreme diet you can think of mm-hmm. trying to find health, searching for health. If if it's out there, I've tried it. Right. And I've been searching and I got into some of those popular online health and fitness companies and, and they've helped. They've all been great. Like, I will say there's one out there that's really great. That has been a great tool for me. Yeah. 2015, I met a great group of women who helped me plug into community and yeah. start fitness. And I, um, you know, got plugged into a great church community. I started therapy. I um, really dove into working on self. I um, got married. I unfortunately lost a pregnancy, which was very hard to walk through. And then I met you after yes. my son was born. Your miracle so, baby. Yeah. My 
hysterical baby. And how, how old is he now? How old is he? He's four and a half. And four I and met you, I think he was just a baby. He was a, he was in like, um, yeah. when you first came into my office, he was in, I think a baby carrier or a stroller, if I remember. Yeah. yeah. And I got he, to hold him and him, he chewed on, so. he chewed on my shoe when he was crawling around <laughs> while we were consulting. So he was yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so after he was born, I, um, you know, really wanted to address further the, the weight gain from the medications, you know, I'd been doing, I've been doing it. I was med compliant. I was really trying to tune into my body, but I couldn't, there was a piece missing. I couldn't figure it out. Right. So I started working with you and you think your first book had just come out, live healthy yeah. with Laura and your 10 principles. Yes. And I started applying those to my nutrition and, um, that was working, but I also was taking too much advice from too many chefs. We'll call it too many people in the kitchen at the time. And yeah. um, I was trying the holistic approach with my medications, with uh-huh. your approach, with um, the conglomerate of the online community. Uh-huh. I'm doing. And it just, I will say at the time, I still thought I could teeter um, off of my Medicaid titrate. I'm sorry, not teeter, titrate yeah. off medications right, I right. lower the dose to as low as possible so I probably uh-huh. was still not fully med compliant to the exact extent that I am today at I thought point. I could do it at a very low dose um and I ended up losing my gallbladder and having a relapse in 2020 but I will say that relapse I was able to um heal from quicker without yeah. a depressive episode amazing You're- 10 principles and um, what I have in your book. So after that relapse, I started healing and then you were brought back into my life about Uh, it makes me emotional because it's a full circle moment. Um, what God has done in our relationship and, um, John, we just were started as clients and then we became really great friends and I've had my own mental health journey and my own struggles. Um, and you know, you've given me hope just like, um, you know, even just times where I was triggered in my life about other things that, you know, were out of my control. You know, if Julia can, Julia is sharing that she, she had to take ownership, you know, and, um, the more real we are, the more open we are, I think with each other, the great friendships we have like this one and just, um, a Christian community or any community, honestly, where you feel like you are feeling safe enough to say, I'm not okay. You know, um, and this is just to ring true again, just, I mean, the, just to, to put out the message, check on your friends as well, because, you know, we can all paint on a face, but sometimes we need somebody to come alongside us and say, no, but are you really, are you really okay? Um, and I share this, um, there was a Meghan Markle documentary, um, like last year or something, but, and she, she said she had, you know, her of all people, right. She was having suicidal thoughts and it was one, it was a, a news reporter that came alongside her and asked her. No, but are you really okay? And she said it was the first time somebody had actually met me where I was at. So just a reminder to meet, you know, to to take off your mask, but also meet somebody where they're at if they take off their mask, you know, hold a place for them. Um, and I want to talk about, you know, your health journey. You eat so incredibly well. We don't count calories, we don't count macros, but you follow a very anti-inflammatory diet, which has, I believe, so impacted you, like with your um your healing journey because we say this inflammation is in the brain. It's not just in your, you know, your joints. Your guidance has helped me with that. And, um, when I came to you, I had a lot of extreme ideas. I, I do think I was able to tune into my body 
Um, but it really was your 80, 20 principle, which gave me freedom. It gave me permission, Aww. it gave me guidance. It gave me like an anchor to yeah. hold on to. And, um, I took that principle and I started applying it to nutrition, which has given me so much freedom. But then I, I allowed myself to apply that to everything in my yes. life, friendships, to my, um, other health practices, to exercise, uh-huh. to, um, to, to, to my mental health in general. And, yeah. um, and it really just, uh, you know, I would say like, okay, so say I have this boundary to my sleep hygiene, which is very important for mental health. Amen. That I'm trying to get this many hours of sleep every night. It's not something your brain can afford to skimp on. Correct. Exactly. (laughs) So if 80% of the time I am dialed in and I'm perfect, then it's okay to stay out late one night or two nights a week, or it's okay to take a phone call later than I would. Or because a life is meant to be lived. Not, you're not supposed to be feeling (laughs) constrained. And I wish I could say a patent 80, 20. No, but I put my own spin on it. And I really... I really have because I've applied it to my life and I just, t- I teach what has worked so well for me and so many clients. And it's not the, the, the message is it's not just intuitive eating you guys. It's intuitive living in yeah. every area because God, the Holy spirit and your gut will tell you, if you really do tune in, your body will tell you, um, if something needs to not be in your, in your day, whether it's food, people, places, things, um, certain activities, and the more you tune in, the healthier you will be um, mentally, physically, spiritually. Yeah. Speaking of tuning in, I um I tend to notice that my cycles are every three years. So this summer, I started cycling again into a mania. And um, I will say, I have been very tuned in. And um, I've been working with you. I've been working with a therapist. I worked very close with my psychiatrist. And I had... Um, an episode from probably July to I'm still walking through the tail end, but it is the most manageable, most, um, Ugh. Oh, it's, I just coasted through it. I've had my highs. Yeah. I um, have been experiencing a little hyper hypomania, which is that less need for sleep, the more competitive mm-hmm. nature, the more, um, like you're recognizing it energy. But I've been able to, yeah, I've recognized it. I've been able to tweak my medicines as needed, tweak my diet as needed, tweak my sleep, tweak my mm-hmm. needs. Um, I've not fed into the mania. I yep. have not, I've, I've been able to tweak my lifestyle to, to walk through this season because my body is going to have these highs mm-hmm. and lows. Well, it's mm-hmm. my brain. My brain is an organ. It, I it produced the dopamine, yep. but I'm able to ride through it um, you know, kind of like a wave I'm riding the wave and I'm not succumbing to it. I'm not drowning. I'm, I, it's like, I have on my boogie board and I'm just riding it. Yeah. Um, you're a willow tree. I just talked about this, but you're a willow tree. Yeah. You're not an oak tree. So you're, you're swaying with the wind and you're tuning in enough to tweak things every hour if you need to. Okay. What is my body asking for? And I've, I've actually witnessed you saying things like, Oh, my body didn't like that. Or my body really asked for this today. My body needed, and which is the way I teach my kids to, to, you know, talk to their bodies. And I, I talk to my bodies that way. What is my body asking for? Um, and that's why fad diets and fad lifestyles or strict restrictive lifestyles don't work because they're not about you tuning into your body. They're about staying on track with someone else's plan for you. 
And I will say like, that's probably been one of the most important thing is as I'm tuning in, um, tuning out, you have to tune out all that extra noise Amen. and, and, um, yeah, you have to tune out and you have to filter out all that extra stuff coming in. Uh-huh. And you, and, and I think one of my biggest piece of advice would be is, is, is to, and you taught me this check in with yourself daily. Like, Hey, self. How is my mood today? How's my gut today? How was my sleep today? The body, the body scan. Yeah, the body scan. And um, and kind of like, you know, you don't have to give yourself a number, but kind of like feel where uh-huh. you're at each yeah. day so that you can tweak so that you can find homeostasis. Uh-huh. And I will say if if you can stop self-medicating, whether that's with food, uh-huh. um, that's with other people, um relationships a way to blankets perfect if you find yourself doing there's, that there's <laughs> healthy ways to medicate there's, but there's unhealthy ways, ways. they're toxic ways exactly uh-huh. and um med compliance is absolutely number one yeah. but you can't do just that there's got to be healthy approaches to your relationships to your food to your movement to your sleep And I appreciate you saying that because we live in a world where just give me the pill and I'm going to go about my toxic life. Like, I I don't mean this in a judgmental way. I mean it in a way of, you know, I was there at one point. If I want to do what I want to do, maybe for me, my journey is different, but say with, you know, I want my mental health back, but I want to remain borderline anorexic. I don't want to change my eating patterns. I don't want to, you know, sleep enough. I want to stay up late, you know, I little things. Um, but it's like, we have to really take ownership of our whole life really. And the decisions we're making. And I just want to pinpoint for ladies listening, your hormones, um, do really impact your neurotransmitters. I've said this before, but I was, I went through a lot of mental health struggles after my daughter was born, Julia, I think you've said, you know, after your son was born, it was, it was a struggle. And through your cycle, your menstrual cycle, you can tune in and say, Ooh, I'm a little off today. You know, it's important to be aware of our cycle. You introduced me to um, bioidentical uh, progesterone cream because mm-hmm. I had a pregnancy where I had had to take progesterone during my mm-hmm. pregnancy and mm-hmm. I lost a son early. And then my other son came at 28 mm-hmm. weeks. And um, yeah. so my body obviously needs progesterone. And if you listen to your other- uh, <laughs> Dr. Michael Platt, uh, yeah. Yeah, it talks about with- the correlation between bipolar uh-huh. well, I'll preach about so, it all day. I don't, it's not, doesn't have to be prescribed. It's bioidentical made for wild yams. <laughs> I don't think there's any coincidence. I started this cream and was able to have a flatter manic episode. This Absolutely. Season. Yeah. You, you douse the flames of um, adrenaline and estrogen, you know, just keep this in mind when it comes to alcohol or toxic living, or even eating a lot of phytoestrogens, estrogen, as raises your dopamine. And so a lot of the times dopamine dominant. Exactly. So when people are about to ovulate, you might notice for me, I might, I don't, I'm not bipolar, but I have severe anxiety, um, anxious moments, some some depressive moments that will pop up out of seemingly nowhere. But really, if you're tuned to your body, I say, Oh, wait a minute. No, this is day, you know, 17 of my cycle. And I'm, I'm about to ovulate, you know, and I'm about to be 40 this year. And I have noticed as my hormones are shifting, you know, that perimenopause, we'll call it, <laughs> um, my, um, my journey with mental health is changing. Uh-huh. Um, but thank God I'm learning to tune into my body. 
Yes. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent perfect. I'm 80, 20 approaching. Right. Perfect. But that's, that's why you can maintain it. That's yeah. why. And, and if I had not gotten on this train, I think I would have derailed somewhere else because mm-hmm. adding hormones into the mix of this already um, finicky illness, mm-hmm. it could have been, it could have been tragic. So, um, so yeah, it's, I'm, it's, it's, you got to approach it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny when people come in first time clients, right? People sometimes, I think they look at me a little funny because mo- the, I would say 70% of the first consultation is me working on their mindset and talking about their, how they feel around food and things like how they feel about their body, how they're, how in tune they are. And it's like, wait, can't we just get to what you want me to eat? And it's like, I always share, unless you have the intuitive living aspect <laughs> in check and, and unless you, you let, unless you have that down unless you're, you're operating from a place of love, truly, you might be able to go through the motions, but it won't last. And so what I love about your journey is you've been willing to tune in, do the work and also pivot um, every day if you need to, if your body's saying, Hey, I really, I think you told me yesterday, you took a long nap and it was like, you know, you could have been out um, and shopping or whatever, like maybe from the past, but you're like, no, my body needs rest. And God made our bodies intelligent. So I really believe that if we give it the tools, it's incredible how, I think it's fascinating actually, how our body can heal itself truly if we're just giving it what it needs, you know? And so I think, I love that you're sharing about the 80-20 principle. I think that, you know, you're you're tuning in, you're, you're, you're every day, you're like, what does my body need? But then also I'm going to go have some fun in moderation. And I think you've, you've been so successful. Tell everybody, um, how much, not that it, I know we're not number people, but I want you to share how much weight you've lost because, um, in a, such a healthy way too. Can you share? So, um, this journey with my, uh, mental health, I have gained and lost and gained and lost and gained and lost. I feel like a yo-yo, but I have not lost. I have rid myself of 115 pounds. Cause I think if you lose it, you can find it. Oh, you rid it. I have released 115 pounds from my body. I'm so proud of you. Goodbye. There's been a lot of great tools that have helped me to do that. And um, I just, I feel better. And yeah. So so. so amazing. I mean, when I say, guys, she's an overcomer, she's an overcomer. She inspires me every day. Honestly, like she, you know, has gone through so much and one thing is she is not about staying stuck. You guys, she's not about living safe, staying safe, staying comfortable. She's going to share her story. She's going to write, get uncomfortable, write her book. You know, she's doing this podcast where to be honest, so many of us would, you know, I think you're giving people freedom. It's easy to feel ashamed and shut down, you know, and say, you know, it's like, wait a minute. I, I feel so embarrassed even about how, you know, these different episodes, but no, how about, how about the fact that God never wastes pain? So let's just use it, right? You know, like this is, it's beautiful. And I can't wait to read your book. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for you. You'd say if you have been diagnosed bipolar or schizophrenic or um, any of those terms that can scare you, I would just like to say it does not define you. If I was diabetic, I would take insulin. I am not diabetes. If I what had cancer, I would be a fighter. I would fight it. I am not cancer. If I had renal disease, I would do dialysis. I'm not kidney Mm. disease. I am not battle mental illness. I have bipolar illness. 
my brain is sick. I am not sick. My personality is not sick. You are not your diagnosis. Is that and there's hope. It's not the end of the world. If you have a diagnosis, look at Julia. She has overcome hurdles that, you know, she probably others probably thought she never would. But look at her now. And I just hope that for whoever's listening to this today, wherever you are, um, because I see this this podcast seems to be spreading a nationwide, which is so exciting. We don't we might never get to meet you, but we just hope that it inspires you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it speaks to you and t- you know, it gives you hope because hope is an anchor. It says that in the Bible, right? So if we are given hope, we're given strength at the same time to keep pressing forward. And sometimes all you need is somebody to 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 tell you, hey, me too. Hey, I've been there too. And I think that the more vulnerable we can be, the more God can use our story. So real quick, Julia, we got a minute to spare. Leave the audience with one last piece of life or health advice. Um, And then we'll close shop for the day and uh, cannot wait to have you on in the future. So I think um, one thing I'd like to say is uh, don't be in denial. It's, It's okay to to say I'm struggling um and I will say mania feels really good it feels good but Um, there comes a point where it gets scary and it's okay to ask for help and to uh, seek wisdom of others and to listen for that help and if you know someone that is struggling help them get them help and um just be the kind of friend you would want them to be to you well, Julia, thank you so much for being a light in my life. And I know in everybody that's listened today, um, I love you so much. And I will catch you all next week for another episode. Um, and uh, in the meantime, get ready for Julia's book. We will be shouting it to the rooftops as soon as it's out. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much, friends, for joining me today for another episode on the Live Healthy with Laura podcast. I hope something I said today encouraged you to care for your body, your mind, and your spirit in a way that will allow you to feel your best and have the energy you need to show up the way you want to in this world and make an impact. If something I said today did resonate with you, would you do me a favor and share it with others on your social media and tag me at live underscore healthy underscore with underscore Laura or copy and paste this podcast link and send it to a friend via text. It's my mission to help change the world for the better and I'm hoping you will feel inspired to do it alongside me. And if you like these episodes and are interested in learning more about the Live Healthy with Laura lifestyle, then check out my website at www.livehealthywithlaura.com for lots of blog posts and healthy recipes created by yours truly. Lastly, you can also check out the three books I have written now available wherever books are sold. Thank you so much, friends, once again for being here, and I cannot wait to talk to you next Monday.